Hi, and welcome to Spooky Hours. My name's David Saunderson. Uh, we're only a few weeks away now from Halloween, and people are getting really interested, obviously, in ghost tours. Of course, every day here at Spooky Isles is Halloween. But at this time of year in October, we really try to look at what's going on around the country. And uh, I've noticed uh, over uh, recent times uh, a popular ghost tour, uh, Walking with the Ghosts of Durham, uh, has been popping up. And it's getting lots of uh, exciting kind of reviews and uh, people talking about it. And it's uh, living in London, uh, going to a ghost tour, in Durham's probably not uh, as easy as I'd like it to be, but so I thought I'll bring uh, the ghost uh, walking with the ghost of Durham to everyone, so we could all find out what's going on. I've spoken to Andrew. We're going to speak to Andrew tonight, and he's going to tell us a little bit about it and give us a little bit of a, you know, a, a, a preview of what you might expect if you ever find yourself up in Durham town. So as I say, we're talking to Andrew Ross of Walking with the Ghost of Durham on Spooky Isles. Hello, Andrew. How are you today? Uh, good evening, dear. Yep, very well. How are you? How's yourself? Yeah, good. Thank you. Uh, I was just yep. saying, you, you you heard I was just saying there. We, you know, we, it's Halloween's coming up. How? What's the feeling on the streets of Durham when it's coming to ghosties at the moment? We're so close to Halloween. It's you can start to feel a change. Yeah, there's more and more interest in in me walks now, uh, with with the build up to, towards Halloween, and yeah, the, the years, you can tell there's a change in the air. Change in the air. Uh, yeah. And uh, we, were, we were talking before, you've been doing this for 18 months, uh, doing the walking tours. What, how did that all come about? Um, it, it all came about, um, I mean, we all, we all know what happened with COVID and that. And a few things, personal things happened in my life. And I thought, I've always had interest in the paranormal. And I thought, Go ahead, do something like this. If it, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It, but it's doing something I've always fancied doing, and I do really enjoy. You you said you uh you did sort of like little sort of on the spot ghost tours. Like, how long have you lived in Durham? Tell tell us about your spooky background when it comes to Durham. Right, uh, Durham itself. Um, I was born just in a village just outside of Durham, and up until the age of sixteen. Only times I'd really go into Durham would be maybe on a Saturday with friends to do shopping and stuff like that. But then from 16, I was in a college. I'm, my full-time job, I, I work on a farm. And the, the, the college I went to was Agriculture College just outside of Durham. So from the age of 16, I was in Durham all the time. And I, I just love the city and that. And with me interest in the paranormal... I did start to look into little bits of stories and that of Durham and nice city and some good ghost stories within the city. So it was a perfect place. Yeah. What did, uh, what, if people don't know, can you tell us a little bit about Durham and its history? What, you know, I, I got, I've been there, I've been to, I've seen the cathedral, I've seen the castle. I was there at nighttime, so I didn't actually see much of it. Can yeah. you maybe give us an idea of the history and what, what, what people would get if they actually went to Durham to have a look at the sites? Right. Um, first of all, I mean, Durham it is called, it's a city what's built on seven hills. And when you come to the city, you realise that because you're walking up constantly up and down. And the the city itself, the main reason the city is there is because of St Cuthbert. Um, 
St. Cuthbert, when he died and was buried, the, the Vikings start raiding Lindisfarne and uh, and the monks on there decide to move his body and put the, take it somewhere safer. And eventually, St. Cuthbert's body ended up in Durham. Yeah. And they, they walked and, it quite far, didn't they? They walked it up and down for about 20 years or something, wasn't it? Or was it 100 years? Yeah, a yeah, fair time. I mean, um, they said that they walked it all the way from Linda's Farm, Holy Island, right away to Ripon, uh, and then came back again. And his body rested a few places over the way. But the story goes that um, it was on a cart. The cart just stopped, couldn't go backwards and forwards. The head monk says, right, we'll just rest here. They rested for three days, and then a young monk got a vision of St. Cuthbert, and he said, find Island Hill, find Dunholm. And so that's what they did. They went looking for Dunholm. And then you've got the other story about the Dun Cow, how, again, the monks got lost. They didn't know where they were. And uh, they asked a dairymaid who was passing. She was looking for a Dun Cow's which was in the woods just down from Dunholm. And she took them and di directed them in the direction of Dunholm. And they ended up there. So There you go. And I think I've seen, I, I do remember when I was there, There was I think I saw the cow, but I definitely saw there's a, a statue of people carrying St. Cuthbert. Yeah, yeah, that's in the, now it's in the Gala place in Durham, Watergate. Walker, Watergate. And that's called The Journey. And that was supposed to be, it depicts St. Cuthbert's journey from Lindisfarne to Durham. Yeah. In your experience, like you said, you're into, you know, you'd always been in the paranormal. You've maybe only been doing these tours for a, a little while. What's been your, what's your thoughts about ghosts? Do you believe in them or, you know, what, 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 what do you, what do you think? Um, there is, there is something there, there, whether it's a spirit or a recording what's been left or, just a, a replay of an event over time. There is something there, and I, personally, I, I I can't pinpoint down exactly what I think it is because because over time, when you when you hear your st your stories and that people are people are experiencing something, mm. but what what they are experiencing, it is difficult to to say exactly. Absolutely. Where where do you source the the stories and legends or the ghost the ghost stories that you use on your tour? Well, are they based uh, on any local anecdotes or any personal experiences? Uh, a lot, a lot of them are um, like local local ghost stories. What people know, or sadly, what people knew in the past, but the uh, interest in paranormal ha did drop for a while. So these stories just sort of dropped out, uh, being told. Uh, I picked them up from old books, the Derwent Side, um, Derwent Deals, the Chronicles, the Denton Tracks. I go into the news archives and see if there's anything in there. I, you, you get stuff from that. Also, you get told stories. Um, word of mouth, yeah, people, I always... I've always asked people if they're going to ghost stories. I love, I love hearing ghost stories. I love sharing ghost stories. Mm. So if I meet any, anybody, I ask them if they've got any ghost stories or do they know any ghost stories. So I pick them up from word of mouth, mouth as well. Things what have happened to people. Um, yeah. 
do you have a do you have a favourite story that you might like to tell us about Durham that you that you use on one of your tours? Uh, well, I've got two, I've got two two favourites. Um, one one is a very well known one. One is about Jimmy Allen. Now, Jimmy Allen, he was uh, born in Northumberland in the 1730s. His father, his father was what was called an otter man. He used to hunt otters on the uh, River Tweed. Mm. And it was said when his father died, the year his father died, there was not a single salmon caught on the River Tweed because of the population of otters went increased. But his father, he was a musician. He taught Jimmy Allen how to play the bagpipes. The Northumberland bagpipes, which are different from the Scottish bagpipes. The Scottish one, you know, you've got the pipe, what you blow into. The Northumberland one, it's a bag, an airbag, what you just play by the air with your arm. Yep. He, he was taught how to play that. He became that good of a musician. He wrote music for the bagpipes. If you go online, you can still find Jimmy Allen's music, uh, and these bagpipe players still play it. He became resident bagpipe player for Annick Castle for the Percy family, and they really loved him because he was a real good uh, musician. So, at any event, he would be playing the music. But the Percy family, the fairly religious family, that Jimmy, his character, he wasn't a in fitting with their sort of religious background. He was a womanizer, gambler, a drinker. There was supposed to be a load of little Jimmys running around. So eventually the Percy family says, look, you'll have to go away. Uh, he left. Uh, it was said that when he left Percy, uh, the Percy family and a castle, all the maids who worked in the castle give them, give Jimmy their week's wages just to make sure he was okay. He left, he travelled all the way around Europe, um, stories, Asia, China, Russia, France, Germany. He travelled all over yeah, with the musical skills he, he had. He joined the army, joined the army five times. If he was in trouble, he would join the army. Once when he thought the trouble was off, he would desert. <laughs> so it, it was a very, a real character. Um, he came... When he came back to England, he went back to something else he was very good at. And that was horse rustling, cattle rustling, and sheep rustling. He steals horse, cattle, and sheep all the place. It said he was caught many times and arrested and imprisoned. But he would charm the... It said he charmed his way out of prison. He might always get chatting to the the jailer's daughter. And the stories of the jailer's daughter yeah, getting the key so he could get, get himself out. Um... Eventually, at the age of 73, he stole his final horse. Stole the horse from Gateshead. His plan was to ride at the borders and sell it. But somebody saw him, realised there was a bounty on the head, caught him. Now, if he was taken to Berwick, to be tried at Berwick, the story would have ended at Berwick. Because at the time, the Berwick system of um, a trial was, you were hung and then you were put on trial. But Jimmy, luckily, he uh, decided to bring him back to Durham to try him in Durham. So he, 
when the Assizes Court was on, he was tried in there. The judge eventually said, the judge at first wanted to hang him. But he had a lot of friends there and the friends says, don't, no, you can't, look, he's an old man, don't, don't hang him. So they decided to write, for the rest of his life, he would spend time in the prison cell in Durham. Now, the prison cells themselves are underneath Elvet Bridge. And there is a pub on the top of Elvet Bridge, which is called Jimmy Allen's. And that is the reason, because Jimmy Allen, for the next seven years of his life, he spent them in the cells which are underneath there. Now, sadly, on November the 13th, 1810, Jimmy Allen got uh, it's, Jimmy Allen passed away. November the 17th, 1810, he had a letter of pardon sent to him by the king. Wait, it wasn't by the king, it was by the Prince Regent. Apparently, one of the first letters the Prince Regent sent out with these duties, what he had, was a pardon for Jimmy Allen. But in his passing, he uh, passed away, but people still said that they heard the bagpipes playing. People still hear the bagpipes every so often when they're walking along on Elder Bridge. They hear the, the bagpipes. Late at night, if you walk along, everything's shut up. There's nobody about. People hear the bagpipes. Uh, a manager, um, one of the managers, uh, not the ones who are in now, another manager, he told us he was doing some work one night, sorry, one day, and he heard, all he could hear was bagpipes. So he turned the radio up there, block out the noise of the bagpipes because it was doing his head in, he said. One of his colleagues came in and says, what, you got the radio on so loud for? So it's a blasted bagpipe player. He says, it's doing me head in. He's, the, his colleague says, wait, there's nobody there because there is a busker who plays the bagpipes in Durham and he usually plays outside Jimmy Allen's. He go, he'll play on the marketplace and he'll also play uh, on Framelgate Bridge. So... The manager thought it was the bagpipe player, the busker outside. He said, oh, great, he's gone. So they turned the radio down. All they could hear was the bagpipes. So the manager says, look, I'm going outside. Tell them to move on. Went outside. There was nobody there. They went back in the room, back in the bar. They could hear the bagpipe playing. They went all the way around the room. Couldn't. The sound was loud. They had ended up downstairs in the cellar. At the time, there was a passageway where they used to store all the barrels and that. And that passageway led up and it, it goes underneath Elvet Bridge and it's heading up to the marketplace. At the time, now it's got a metal gate on so people can't get up there. But when he was there, he says, there was no metal gate on. He says, we start walking up. And he says, as we walked up, the sound of the bagpipes got louder and louder. He says, eventually, when we got right to the top, the very last cell, he says you would think somebody was in that there playing the bagpipes in that cell. But he, he couldn't explain why the sound of the bagpipes. But he says you you would think somebody was in there playing the bag, bagpipe. Well that, well, that sounds like a place you'd want to visit when you uh, you go to Durham. Do you, you go there, do you, as part of your Yeah, I do, yes, yes. Um, it's, it's, it is open as a nightclub, um, uh, a bar, nightclub. And I do... If I do get a chance, sometimes I get the opportunity to take the people on the walks in, into it so I can point out to it. But I always tell them, pop into the bar, have yourself a drink and get yourself downstairs. Go downstairs and you can still see. You can see the gate and you can look up the passageway. And also the bar, the bar area where it is, it's, you can see the old bars 
the wall, the walls. You can see steps in the walls. You can see what it was like mm. back two hundred years ago. There, yeah, yeah two hundred years ago. It and different. it is a re real interesting place to have a look, to have a go, look around. That sounds awesome. You said there was two stories. What's what's your second story? Yeah, um, I've I've got a. Some people say a warp sense of humor. <laughs> and, uh, I've, I've got a weird, weird sense of humor, and it, it's. It was one. I was looking through the newspaper articles, and I um, just found one about from the 1630s at Durham Cathedral. And it was a man. How it happens? It usually happens when in a pub. He was out in a pub when one of his friends challenged him or dared him to jump off the top of Durham Cathedral. So bet you, bet you couldn't jump off the Durham Cathedral and survive. So. He took the challenge, he said, yeah, I can do that. He made himself a soft landing, went up the top of the tower, jumped off, landed, survived. Now, as he was climbing out, somebody he said to him, I bet you can't do that again. So he said, I bet I can, I bet. So he went back up, upstairs. Now, to get upstairs, to get up the tower in the cathedral is about 250, 260 steps. So it takes a fair time to get up the top. While he's going up the top, his wife down the bottom sees the crowd Look, Can we move his land spot just a bit further this way? He says, when, he, when he jumped up last time, he nearly hit his head, head off this side. He says, she says, I want to move it so he doesn't hit his head. So the crowd helped them move it. Unbeknown to... Uh, the fellow had gone up the tower. He jumps off, expecting a soft landing. Uh, sadly, misses the landing and he splats. He's dead on the floor. Now, there is supposed to be a ghost scene. A person is seen falling from the tower, hits the floor, then gets up and then starts looking around. And I always say, he's looking around. He's not very happy with his wife for moving the uh, landing spot. I, I, just, I just think it's a real... The story... I think it's a real good one. And also, like I said, I wouldn't be angry with him. They're her. I would, in the first place, I, if I jumped that, done that, and survived the first jump, I would never go up again and uh, do it again. I think so, if you're stupid enough to do it once, it's your own fault anyway. Yeah, so. that once is a no, if you are stupid And this is the cathedral. So it, did he jump from the steeple, or was he just jumping from one of the windows? It's, it's said from the steeple, yeah, from the steeple of the oh, tower, the middle tower. And like I say, it is a fair height. Sadly, people over the years have um, used it. Okay. For, but, yeah. For, for killing themselves, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It, all right. Well, anyway, <laughs> yeah, it, sounds yeah, like, yeah. it sounds like a tall story that he survived, but uh, in, <laughs> yes, in the first yes. place. Yeah. But uh, it's certainly an interesting one, especially if they see people there. Now, are there any certain points or certain, certain spots <laughs> In Durham, that you believe are more haunted than others? Yeah, I, th I think the years. Yeah, um, it's like I said. I started my walks about 18, eighteen months ago, and as we're going around, people are telling us different stories and that. Some people having things happening to them. There's one place things are happening. I'm keeping a track of, but I'm not letting people on the walk know. I'm just seeing if anybody picks up what's been told to us when we're coming along. But 
there's one part of the walk in the marketplace, as I've been doing the walks in the marketplace, I've had a fair few people who've either worked in shops around the marketplace or spent their lives in the marketplace. And I am getting more and more ghost stories or more and more things what have happened within that marketplace. And there's people who've worked all over County Durham, sorry, all over Durham City. And they've worked a fair bit of time within the marketplace itself. And some of them say that that's the only time they've ever seen anything within that marketplace. So it's interesting how that marketplace is building up and up of stories of things what have happened. There is a few stories what I share with the, the tours, which are well-known stories. There is the, the story about the horse, the statue with no tongue. Um, there's uh, a street, Silver Street, which leads on to uh, the marketplace where a horse and cart is supposed to be seen. Mm-hmm. But these other stories are linked to buildings or and it is, like I say, it's just interesting how I'm getting more and more about that marketplace, people telling us things what have happened to them within that marketplace. Yeah, no, it sounds interesting. It might be something you want to put in a book one day if you collect a whole lot of a lot of stories. Yeah, yes, yeah. Um sadly yeah. with time and that it's uh getting the time to put down to down to paper. No worries. Okay, well, that's. Can you tell us? Uh, just we'll, we'll put the, the, your details at the bottom so people can uh, re, you know, can contact you if they want to go on a tour at Durham. But how often do you do it? Where do you start? Give us a few details. Yeah, um, this time of year, I'm at the moment. I'm doing it a Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. As we are getting closer to Halloween, the from the 21st of October, right away at the 31st of October, I am doing a walk every night. At the moment, uh, that batch there, there is less and less places for walks because there's more and more people booking up. It, it is, it's getting closer to Halloween, so people want to, yeah. are looking for something to do there. And then once Halloween's finished, it will go back to a Tuesday and Thursday night and a Saturday Saturday night and also private tours if somebody yeah, contacts it. As long as I say it to them, as long as there's more yeah, more than one person, so uh, two two and less than twenty. Way up yeah. to twenty. But I, I try and keep the group as small as possible. But last year when I started on Halloween, I had a group and there was nearly thirty I think 35 people in it. Yeah. And I I thought it wasn't good for the group because some couldn't hear the story. Yeah. Or they were sort of they were spread out. So they weren't getting the benefit. And I thought, no, if I keep it a small number, 20 the max. Okay. Well, people certainly contact you. Yeah. People could contact you. We'll put the details down the bottom. Yeah. Uh, walking with the ghosts of Durham. You've got a web, you've got a you know a Facebook. Do you have, you have a website? Yeah. We'll put all those details in there, and people who, uh, if they're in Durham, anywhere in that area in the northeast, would be, uh, you know, advised to uh, maybe book ahead of time because it seems like you're going to get quite busy at the moment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. And um, also, I, I always start the. There's a little. It's a little house. Yeah. It's called Crook Hall. Uh, it's part of the National Trust now, 
And the reason I start down there is I love the place. And there's a lot of the amount of people who in Durham don't even know it's there. And I, I just like to just sort of share with them so they, they get the chance to maybe come down one day and to just have a look around the place because it is it's a real nice place. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I was only in, I said I went to Durham for the day, <laughs> I was there for work, yeah. and I was there at night time, and it was very spooky, it's a beautiful, you know, the cathedral, it's, it's, lots of, it's it's really cool, so I mean, if you, even if you're not from Durham, I'd suggest to do a ghost tour in Durham would be an awesome thing to do, so. It, it, yeah, it is, I mean, when you're walking around, uh, especially the backside of the cathedral along the riverside, uh, along the north field, it's and is that the one with the steps? There's some steps that go up. Is that around the... I mean, there's... Anyway, I know the bit we are talking about, the river, and yeah. it was dark and spooky, and I thought I could be murdered here, but I wasn't, so it was quite good. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, thanks very much, Andrew. Good luck. Have a happy Halloween, and uh, hopefully we'll get up there at some stage and maybe do the tour with you because it sounds really exciting. Hopefully so. Just, uh, like I said, just drop us a word, and uh, I'll get you in on it. Too. Uh, it'll be a pleasure to see, uh, see you. Uh, I'd, I'd just like to say as well, the spooky yards, what you're doing is excellent. Uh, it is. I really enjoy. All right. Well, this. thank you very much for that. I appreciate your uh, your feedback there. We'll keep on doing what we're doing. Anyway, you have a good one, and we'll talk later. See ya. You too. Right. Right. Thanks a lot.